young people, these, these college students and our young people today, they, they dressed in uh, the cultural clothing, things maybe from uh, their, their culture, their people, their things. That's awesome. It's beautiful. I love it, man. I told them, I said, I wish I had uh, some kind of neat shirt that had a lot of colors in it and, and all that kind of stuff. But I said, I'll just be your average Joe American today. I'm just going <laughs> to. I uh, got my white shirt on and my tie. That's, uh, well, I got I got a tie that was bought in South Africa, so that's uh, that that'll that'll work too. Uh, I'm thankful for the God of all nations. I'm thankful that He is the Creator. Genesis one tells us that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He is a Creator, and He created uh, all things in the earth, in the sea, in the air, and then He created man. And everything that God created is beautiful. God's a creator and he does good work. He's a master worker. Just look at all the things. Just walk outside and just look up. Look across. See trees and grass and the sky. All these things are so beautiful. And God loves his creation. But I believe that God has a passion for one of these creations most of all. And I'm sure you understand that it's people. Man and woman created in his image. But the scripture tells me that heaven and earth one day will pass away. That the heavens that we see now, the earth that we walk on will be burned up with fire, be melted away, the elements will be gone. But the souls of men and women live on forever. He started with man in the Garden of Eden. He's going to finish with him in heaven. He's going to have, he had him in paradise. He's going to have him in paradise. Eden was paradise for Adam and Eve as long as they were in the will of God and and Jesus told a man on the cross, he said, today you shall be with me in paradise. Yes. And so one day God's going to get back to what, because what God's created in the beginning was perfect. Man got involved. but So he, he said, no need to change. I'm going to have paradise for him all over again. I'm going to have a place where he can go. Yes. And so it is his desire. I read how he walked with Adam and talked with Adam. Don't worry, I'm getting somewhere. Don't, I'm just laying a little groundwork. That he wants to know and be known by his creation. He walked with Adam in the garden, and they would hear his voice and talk with God and fellowship with God in the garden. And, and he wants to, to be known by his creation, and he wants to know his creation, and he wants to save his creation. All of them. Because he's the God of all nations. Yes. When we were little, it used to be the, the thing in school, we always had to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. And that's absolutely, I believe it, absolutely true. Our nation should be under God. We, ought, we need God. But we can't just keep the blinders on and think that this nation is the only nation under God. Yes. It's all nations under God. Yes. I don't care what, what country is represented, all nations need to be under God. Yes. And it worries me sometimes that uh, Americans think that uh, we're the only ones that God wants to deal with because we wrote a pledge and we wrote songs, God bless America and things like that. We think that God's American, but he ain't American. Yeah. He's God. And he loves all people. And he loves all nations. He's got a picture in heaven that's being painted here on earth. 
Ezekiel 18 and 4, the Lord said this, Behold, all souls are mine. Yes. All of them. All of them. In a country you can't see right now, souls that belong to him. Yes. In the darkest part of some third world country somewhere where you have no idea people even exist, souls, and they belong right. to him. Yes. And he cares about every single yes. one of them. We all belong to him. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 100 that is God who has made us and not we ourselves. And we are all the sheep of his pasture. The Lord told his disciples because they were sure that he was only concerned with Israel. But he said, I have a flock. I have some sheep that you don't know nothing about. And I'm going to be talking to them too. He was talking to the Gentile nation. Talking about the Gentile nation. That's you and me, folks. Unless we've got some Israelites in here that I don't know about. But he was talking about us. Yes. In Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 24. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer. And he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things. That stretcheth forth the heavens alone. That spreads abroad the earth by myself. I'm just giving you a little groundwork on what God thinks about everybody. Yes. Yes. He said I formed you from the womb. I knew about you before you were born. And it didn't matter where you were from. It didn't matter what color your hair was, what color your skin was, and what language you was going to learn to speak. I knew you and formed you in the womb. In 45 and verse 5, he said, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. You understand today that God's talking to people, talking to the world, talking uh, to all nations, talking to every uh, language, every kindred, every race of people that's under the sun. He's saying, I am the Lord and there is none else. He is the God of all nations. And you can't change his word. He's the God that this world is going to have to turn to. He said, I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. To gird something means to belt it or to compass it about. And I thought... How many people in this world today go through life not even knowing how much God has blessed them? They don't know how God has helped them and they don't even know how much God has loved them. He has girded them. He has compassed them about and and put blessings in their lives though they have not known Him. There are still people in this world today that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's still people in the world today, and not just in other countries, but in this homeland today. There are people from other nations that don't know the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, and they don't know that his name is Jesus. Somebody's got to tell them. God's getting a picture ready for heaven that's being painted here on earth. He said that they may know from the rising of the sun, that's the east, And from the west, that there is none beside me, I am the Lord, and there is none else. From east to west, he is still Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is still the Savior of this world. He is God, and there is none else. The Creator is telling us, I'm the only one that you can look to. In verse number 18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens. In the beginning God created the heavens and earth. God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it and he created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Whatever land there is, 
God created it to have people in it because God is all about people. He loves people. He has a people. He has a chosen people, Israel, that, that he brought out of the seed of Abraham. Of course, yes, he did. But by faith, we're all the children of Abraham. And Paul wrote to the Gentiles, said, We have been grafted into the vine so that we could be partakers with Israel of this blessing. But there's one God for us all, the God of all nations. In verse 21, he, or in verse 22, he said, Look unto me. And be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. All the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. The Creator is telling us right here that not only is He the maker of all things, the God of all things, but He is the Savior of all things. He is the God of all things. Nations, And why is that important, Pastor? Why do I need to know about this salvation? Because it's not just enough to know Him. It's not just enough to know about Him. you got to let Him save you. you got to let Him be the Savior. Everybody wants Him to be the provider. Be my deliverer. Be my help. Be my peace and be my comfort. But friend, I'd rather deal with a little discomfort here than go without salvation there. I want Him to be my Savior. I want to know Him and I want to be known by Him. Because He's not just the God of your average white Joe, but He is the God of all nations. And it doesn't matter if you can speak English, you can still be saved by the God of all nations. I'm, I'm not preaching against my country. Don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to break uh, 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 this thing in people's lives that think that God's only smiling down on America. That ain't true. All over this world, there's revival and Holy Ghost revival sweeping. And people that you'd never be able to talk to or even understand are being filled with the Holy Ghost and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ and being born again into the kingdom of God. There's a picture in heaven that's being painted on earth. God's doing something great. So now God is laying a foundation for all mankind. The words of this prophet, the the scripture says that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And right here God is speaking through Isaiah saying people need to know who the Savior is and who God is and that there's only one. Paul wrote, said, there's one God and Father above all, through all, and in you all. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. He's the God of all nations, but he's the only one. He's not just the God of Israel. The scripture says that all Israel will be saved with an everlasting salvation. God's got prophecy yet to be fulfilled concerning Israel. But he made a way for us as well. If we read maybe just a few scriptures, we might be tempted to believe that maybe God does only care about Israel. But when I began to look in New Testament scripture even, I could see that he is uh, the God of us all. So let's look at some other scripture. In Matthew 1 and 21, the angel is telling Joseph and Mary, he's saying, here's what's going to happen. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His people? Wait a second. Jesus was a Jew, so he must be talking about Israel. But who are God's people? He said, all souls are mine. God said, look unto me, all ends of the earth, and be ye saved. Who are his people? 
In verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I understand who his people is when I read all the scripture. That he is, the name of God is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And his people are all people because God created this earth. And God created it to be inhabited. And behold, all souls of mine, saith the Lord. God is interested in everybody. It doesn't matter what you and I think about them. It matters what God thinks about them. And if it matters what God thinks about them, now it better matter what we think about them. Don't talk about how good of a, a Christian you are if your passion is not the same as his. If you look at people in different, through different eyes than he does. We need to be looking at people. This church has always been missions minded. It's always supported missionaries. We've got some that are missionaries, left this church and are in other countries. Some that are yet to go but are going to go. A lot of our young people have been on missions trips so we can encourage them to see that there are people that outside of your comfort zone, outside of your language barrier, that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. This picture's got to be created. God showed it to John in the future. He said, this is what it's going to look like, but if nobody's working for that picture here, it'll never be there. How did people get there? It happened here. God's painting a picture in heaven. It's already there, but it's being worked on here. In John chapter 1, in verse 11. Let me turn there. I thought I had it marked. I'm sorry. In John chapter 1, in verse 11, it said, The Lord, he came unto his own, and his own received it not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He came into his own, to Israel, and they received him not. Didn't mean he turned his back on them. A lot of people, aren't you glad when he came to you the first time you turned your back, he didn't leave you alone? He said he came into his own, they received him not, but as many as received him. In other words, he said, if they want, somebody will. And somebody started preaching and somebody started reaching out. And you might talk to somebody and they might not receive him. Just keep talking to people. Maybe your best friend won't do it, but maybe somebody you never met before will. Find somebody because somebody's looking for Jesus. Somebody's looking for some hope. Somebody's needing this God of all nations. And he said, I gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In verse 29, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and says, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Not of Israel. Israel's in that because they're in the world. But the world. He came to the world. He came to his creation. All people, man was created in his image. And so he came to bless them. He came to save them. He is the God of all nations. And Jesus stated in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. This is God's passion. People are God's purpose. People are God's passion. People is what God wants to save. He worried about saving the trees. He worried about saving the, the animals. Even though we shouldn't be ugly and cruel to animals, so don't nobody jump on me. I'm telling you, don't be ugly and cruel to animals. But God is interested in people with a soul. He's looking for people that's going to live forever somewhere. Heaven or hell, they're going to spend it somewhere. He's trying to get people saved. 
His passion needs to be mine. People need to be born again, born of the water, born of the spirit, so they can enter into this picture. Because you can't enter into the kingdom of God where that picture's hanging at, except you be born again. John 3, 3 through 5. You can look it up yourself. So John sees a picture in, in Revelation. The same John that wrote all these scriptures and pinned them down. Now he's telling us about what he saw in heaven. And he saw a picture of all nations. This is what God wants hanging in heaven. He wants these people, these faces. I, I, one time years ago, I testified at a, at a service. And I said, thinking about that, John sees this. And he sees their faces and he hears their languages. And, and he's seeing all these people that are there. And I thought, I wonder if he saw my face. I believe he saw the faces. He didn't know who they were, sure. But uh, it wasn't just a bunch of blank faces up there. He could tell they were from different nations and different kindreds and different tongues. And, and so I wonder, did God see my face? Did I make it into that picture? Am I, am I there? Am I going to be there? I hope you got plans to be in that picture. Some people say, I don't like my picture taken. I want to be in that picture. <laughs> so now let's look at the mission that God gave to us. And this is where... Uh, I want to help us today as a church in this area, in this place, uh, that All Nations Sunday doesn't just become a once a year thing, but as we leave the doors and leave the parking lot of this church that we become missions minded and all nations minded and all people minded because God gave us a mission in this life. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Lord said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, some of us are never going to travel out of, this, out of the United States. But you can just go right across town and find somebody from another nation. You can go right up here to, to your restaurant, Taste of India, and find somebody from another nation. You can go to your Chinese restaurant and find somebody from another nation. Kirk used to come and visit our service some from right up the road here. And we used to talk to him. He would come to church. Let me tell you, you can find somebody from another nation. And God is just as concerned about them as he is anybody else. He is the God of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost in the name. In verse 20. And he said, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always even until the end of the world. Amen. God said, go, reach for them, teach them, baptize them. I'm going to be with you while you're doing it. In Mark 16 and 15, the Lord said this. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the whole world. Next verse says, And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, he said, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. Like I said, our, our church, the birth of the church, the apostolic church, the, the church of the bride of Christ began in Jerusalem on that day with people, devout men from every nation under heaven. They were there. They were there to witness what God was doing and, and people were changed and their lives were changed forever. The picture was being painted. And so now we get back to a picture painted in, or that's in heaven that's painted on this earth you know sometimes 
someone will commission a person to do a painting. That's the word they use. They commission them. I've been commissioned to do this mural. I've been commissioned to do this painting. And we always refer to those passages I just read as the Great Commission. God's trying to get us to work on this picture that's in heaven. The picture that John saw did not just happen, but it was a perfect vision of what God wants to happen. And he has given us the ability to make it happen. He gave to us, according to Acts 1 and 8, power. After that, the Holy Ghost came upon us to be witnesses unto all the earth. Before that painting can be hung in heaven, it's got to be painted here on earth. And a painter cannot and does not work with only one color. And this is so relevant for our world today. Because we know in the last several months how that tension in our country and in our world, that this world and, this, and the news and people trying to cause divisions among people so that nobody can stand one another, making it hard to be a, a painter for this picture that's hanging in heaven. A painter can't just say, I'm an artist, and just paint with one color and say, there you go. It's a building. No, it's just a big blob of color. He's got to uh, work with everything. If he's going to produce a masterpiece, he has to know how to use color. He has to know how to work with color. He has to know how to blend color so that it can achieve the perfect tint or shade that he needs to make a masterpiece. God knows how to do this because he hung a masterpiece just like that in heaven. God knows how to do this because he worked like that on the day of Pentecost. God knows this because he sent Peter to Cornelius' house, the Gentiles that he shouldn't even been hanging around with. But he went there and he preached the message. And while he preached, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they were all filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And then they were all baptized in his name. They were born of water and spirit. Peter was painting on the portrait of heaven. I bet Cornelius' face was in that picture. God knows how to do it. And if he knows how to do it, we should know how to do it too. So let me ask you something just for a second. How many artists do we have in here? Anybody say, I'm, I'm an art student? I see one, somebody, a hand back there. I see one over here, okay. Do you have any idea what these numbers mean? 263C8B. Anybody? It's not the lottery do you know what 4E74A6 or BDBF78 or BFA524 or 2E23IF anybody know what these numbers mean I wouldn't I wouldn't have any idea what they mean I'd be like somebody gave me a bad number let me ask you about these colors right here on this painter's palette anybody this is like a bunch of blobs, don't it? It's just, it ain't real paint. It's, I cut it out and stuck it on there. <laughs> but it's to represent the colors that I want to represent. And you might look at these and say, yeah, I'm not too big on that mustard color, but, uh, you know, that blue might be nice for a bedroom wall. And, you know, if I was painting my bathroom, that might be nice. And, uh, you know, these colors don't really mean nothing to anybody right now. I mean a thing. But these colors in June of 1889 became very, very popular 
to a man named Vincent Van Gogh. And he painted this. That's all the colors. And those numbers I read off are the pigments of those colors. He took colors. See, the, this picture is actually on that palette. But I couldn't see it. And you couldn't see it. But a man that knows how to work with it could see it. Yes. He said, I know how to take these colors and blend them. I know how to use the stroke of the brush. I know how to, to get them to where they need to be. I know how to, to make take this and make that. I know how to take something that don't look like nothing. People, we think about painting our walls with it. He's making a masterpiece. We think about, uh, you know, paint the living room, paint the den. But he's talking about, let me do a masterpiece that people are going to talk about forever. Did he have any idea the eternal impact of what he was doing? I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he has no idea how many times this has been reproduced over and over on T-shirts and on uh, prints and posters and hanging in art galleries and people have paid to go see it. And, and he has no idea the lasting future effect it had that he knew how to work with colors. And neither do we. But if we, like him, will learn to work with all nations and not be scared to, to work with color. These colors aren't fighting. They might be diverse, but they're unified. Yes. Somebody was talking about unity earlier. Hey, it might be diverse, but they're unified. Yes. And they, look what a beautiful picture they created. Yes. Oh, isn't it beautiful when we can be diverse and we can be different, but we don't have to be divided. The only way we're going to get that masterpiece done hanging in heaven is when we learn how to work like the master, when we learn how to work with every color. When you know how to work with colors, you get starry night. It's, you can't look. We love, everybody's, oh, I love fall, I love fall. Some love before the cool weather. It's like, oh, the leaves. Look at all the colors. Look how beautiful it is when all the colors are represented. And that's what John saw in heaven. He said, I saw all nations. He said, I saw different hair color, different hair uh, eye color, different skin color, different languages. I saw all kind of things, but it was a perfect picture in heaven, but it was painted here on earth. Because ain't a single one of them souls got to heaven without somebody witnessing, somebody testifying, somebody baptized them, somebody prayed with them, somebody hung in there with them, somebody believed in them, somebody went to a place where they was the only one and said, I'll preach to you, I'll pray for you, I don't care if we don't look the same, I'll get an interpreter if I can't understand you, but I want to work on the masterpiece. I want to work on that picture that's in heaven. This world wants to chew us up and divide us. That's not the kingdom work. A church should not be all white, all black, all yellow, or any other color. It needs to to mix it up because that's the way of the kingdom. We may all these flags, look at all the colors on these flags, and they're beautiful. And even if they were just one solid color, you know, if it was your country, you would still feel some kind of but, but look at all the colors of the flags of the nations and, and look at all the, the different colors of the skin and the hair and the, the eyes that are in this place. But here we are worshiping together, worshiping the King. We've all got a place that we can come together and praise Him and worship Him. We might have all kind of different uh, colors and skin color and eye color and languages and accents, but we have one God. We got one God. 
and he's the God of all nations. He's the God of every nation. Oh, I pray to God that this church will always be a kingdom-minded church. That we will always reach for other souls. Yeah, I want white people, but I want black people, and I want yellow people and red people. I want every kind of color there is under the sun. I don't care what language they speak. I don't care how their hair color looks. I just want people to come into the kingdom of God. And that's the passion of the Christ. That's the passion of the King. That's the passion of the Creator. That's somebody that He loves. If we say we're created in His image, how can we not love every soul under heaven? And it's beautiful here on earth. Because we can celebrate. I was looking at the clothing that the ones had on today and I thought, man, it's it's beautiful. I love it when some of our students that come in, they got those things on their head. I don't know what you call them. They told me, but I can't remember. But it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's not something you see every day. And when we went to South Africa and we saw the way people dressed, I was like, and we, you know what, we went in that church. Brother Nathaniel was with us, my wife and I. And we were in South Africa and we was in that service. And they would sing in their language. And they would dance the way they, uh, their dance was. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't like I dance, and I, I use that term loosely. But boy, they was—I tried to do what they was doing because I, I, I just want to fit in. Because these are my brothers and my sisters. Never laid eyes on them. Yeah, I was the whitest boy in the room, besides Nathaniel. And then, <laughs> boy, boy, we was in there with them, and we was—and we was doing it, man, because. And you know what? And they loved it. Or either they tolerated it, they laughed about it later. But, uh, but they just shouted with us and danced with us. And we prayed together and cried together and worshiped together and made lifelong connections. Because somebody was painting a picture here on earth. It's going to be hung on heaven. And you'll know the, the impact. I didn't hear this. One day I was preaching. We were outside of the outside service. I was preaching. I didn't even hear it. Brother Nathaniel said this. Uh, this lady hollered out one of the windows. I was I was preaching, and she was. What'd she say? Yeah, she just said preach it. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe that lady that I never met. Maybe some other. She's. I'm gonna find out where that church is, and maybe she's there today. I don't know. You don't know the eternal effect of what you're gonna do. The one person you talk to, if they change their life, they might be the one that goes and preach a thousand soul revival. Yeah. That's right. They might go to another country and reach hundreds of thousands of people. Yes. You never know what kind of impact. They may uh, talk to the one that was going to take their life, and now they want to live. And now because they lived, they created a cure for cancer. You just don't ever know what could happen if you'll take a chance on somebody. Learn to work with color. Learn to communicate. Learn to love. Learn to be there. And most of all, preach the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to make this picture in heaven possible. Everybody got there through the preaching. It's more important for us today to pray like Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I want my time spent on earth 
Those people were all together, all nations, all tongues, kindreds, all together, white robes, worshiping together. They weren't hating. They weren't divided. All they were doing was worshiping the king of kings. There is no greater cause on planet earth. You hear me? Because this world is trying to suck us into its causes. It's trying to get, but if our cause is not the cause of heaven, if it's not the cause of the kingdom, man, it can, if it's, if you're not careful, it can become a cancer and it can kill unity. It can, it can only, it'll just spread division. We need the king. The greatest cause on planet earth is the cause of the kingdom. Because men and women are going to spend eternity somewhere. And I want them to be in that picture. John said it was a man that no man could number. There's room in that picture for somebody else. There's room in that picture for more people. There's room in that picture for somebody to be saved. We must not hate. We must not be divided. Even on this earth it ought to be as it is in heaven. It needs to be as it is in heaven. And I'm so glad that we can enjoy such diversity here on earth. I said this already, I know, but I'm so thankful today. When we look back at the picture now that John saw, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, Now listen to this now, because you'll miss it. All nations cried with a loud voice, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne. It didn't matter where they were from, there was an acknowledgement that there is one God, and he is the Savior of all the world. All nations, kindreds, people, tongue, cried with a loud voice together, salvation to our God. Not salvation to your God or to your God, our God. Our God. In verse 14, he said, Sir, or they, he said, Who are these arrayed in white robes? He asked a question, verse 14. He says, These are they which came out of great tribulation, have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Here, we have all kind of different apparel. And it helps identify. You know, it's, it's, we identify our culture with it. And like we said, people wore garments from their countries or from countries they've been to. And so a lot of nations are represented by clothing here. But in that day, they were all wearing the same thing. Ain't that going to be nice? You ain't got to worry about trying to pick something out nice for that picture. <laughs> but he left their faces the same. And he left their language the same. He left the way they looked the same because he said, I want everybody to see that these robes were only made possible by the blood of the Lamb. And that blood is good for all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. He said, so we're going to dispense with the diversity that you can just readily see. In heaven, we're going to cover everybody, every nation, every kindred, every tongue will be covered with a white robe that is washed by the blood of the Lamb. And he gave them all that palm leaf, that that sign of of peace. And, and, uh, you know, they were laying down palm branches 
uh, honoring the king when he came riding into Jerusalem. And they, they're holding these. All of them's got the same thing now. But John said, I can hear every voice, every language. But I can see that they're all purchased by the Lamb. doesn't matter where we're from today in this world. We need Christ, the Lamb of God. We need the blood of Jesus in this place today. And so that's why Acts 2.38 is so important. Because that was the day that all nations would gather together in Jerusalem. And the Lord said, this is where it starts. Preach repentance and remission of sins. In my name, beginning, beginning, this is where it starts, at Jerusalem. And so Peter steps up after he's preached a long, long message. He's going and people have a question. People from every nation had a question. And they all got the same answer. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the new birth. John 3, 3 through 5, being born of water, being born of the Spirit. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call verse 21 he said whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved whosoever in verse 17 he said Joel prophesied that God said I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh this is something that God wants everybody to receive this is something that God wants everybody to have and when it was all said and done in verse 44 it said and all that believed were together and had all things common the strokes of the brush for that painting started that day in Jerusalem. But once we come to God, we've all been handed a brush so that we can help add to this beautiful picture in heaven that was painted on earth. Let's stand together this morning.
Music Sunday and just what we're trying to accomplish here today. So I, I want everybody to just listen to me for just a moment. Don't think about the food. Don't think about what's going on after. Let your mind be in here for just a moment. God laid this on my heart Friday night during youth prayer and, and he, he kind of let it be known, but I want to share it with you today. Uh, since the beginning of this church, and I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't see her in here. I see Andy. I don't see Brandy. Brandy was, uh, she was the first newcomer that received the gift of the Holy Ghost after we started this church. And she's still here today. And she was in here, I would ask her, did it look anything like it does when she first came into the church, like it does today? No. It was a whole lot less people. It was, it was a whole lot different. The same God, we're trying to accomplish the same thing. But she would tell you today, looking around how much this church has grown, but there's still people that have been here since the beginning. And, uh, you know, I, I think about things that have happened. from the And, and why I'm saying this is, from the very beginning, it's been about souls. It's been about revival. And if you want to say that started when Brandy was the first one to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in this church, then okay. And God really changed her life. But because of that, she brought friends and people she knew. And God changed their lives. And, and, and they received this truth and this gift that we have. My point is... It's always been about souls in this church. It has always been about revival in this church. From the time that the idea was conceived in the mind of that man about starting a church, it has been about revival. There has been a purpose for this church and for this people. It's not. It would be useless if it was just him every Sunday preaching to the same group of people and it was just him doing everything the reason that this church has grown the way that it has is because God has a purpose yes. for restoration at the Solid Church. Yes, yes. And if you're a member or you maybe don't consider yourself a member of this church, that's okay, but I want you to listen to me. Revival, greater revival is coming to this church you, because Jesus. the purpose of this church is to have revival. Not so we can see just greater numbers. Not so we can just say we've got a bigger church. But because it matters to God for souls to be saved. Yes. That is the whole purpose of this church. Is to have revival and see people saved and yes. come into this kingdom of God that we are a part of. And so I know we say it all the time. Revival's coming. Greater revival's coming. Greater revival is coming. Revival has always been happening in this church. But we've still yet to see, and I've said it before, and I know Pastor has said it before, and you're probably tired of hearing me say it, because I say it all the time, but we have yet to see Thank you, the greatest revival that this church is meant to be a part of. I said this Friday night. We talk about it all the time. We've got to prepare for revival. We're, we're preparing for revival, and, and, and God's going to do great things. He's going to do these things that He said He would do. When he told Noah to start building an ark, Noah didn't see the first raindrop until it started raining. They had never seen rain before. And I, I was telling, telling our youth the other night, we're going to get to a place and there's going to be a revival that comes so quickly that we're going to be looking around 
like they did in the Bible one time and saying we have never seen it in this fashion before. Yes, yes. We have never seen it in this manner before. I feel the Holy Ghost. The people of this church that are here now, it's already been, everything that God has said He would do in this church, He's done this far. It's happened. He said it from the very beginning that we would grow, that we would have revival, and that happened more and more and more. He told us that He was preparing a a bigger place, a bigger facility for us to grow. And now look at us. We're here, but still, He has said, even where you are, He has said it to this church, even where you're at now, the walls cannot contain the revival that is going to happen. So don't look at this and say, this is the end, this is what we've been working towards. We're going to be working towards it until the trumpet sounds. Yes. Because God has said that the best revival has yet to come. The greatest revival has yet to come. And so like Noah, we're working on an ark. And they, you know, they had never seen rain before. They had never had to experience it before. They didn't know what it would, he didn't know what it would be like. And he didn't know what it was like until the first raindrop fell. And so we're going to keep working on what God has told us to prepare because the rain is coming. The rain is coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm talking to pastor today too. God said it to our church. I know he's my dad and I don't have authority over him, but God said it to our church. So don't forget that he said it's going to happen. So all we have to do is keep building the ark. You remember the moment that God said, be a missionary to UGA? You remember the time that He said that greater revival is coming? So keep building the ark. It doesn't matter who you invited and they didn't come because somebody's going to come. God laid it on your heart to head up the outreach in this church. Then do it. Keep doing it. Keep sowing seed. God laid it on your heart to do something, to reach out to people. Keep sowing. Keep building an ark. Because one day, you're going to feel the raindrop hit you on the forehead. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a flood. All of a sudden, it's going to be revival. And we're going to be looking around saying, we've never seen it in this fashion before. The rain is coming, resurrection what God said to do and he said I'll take care of the rest praise the Lord
God, I love you just like you're my very own. We got the same blood. The Bible said God made one blood of all nations. So he, he just concluded. So he just decorated us differently. He loves us all. Thank you for being in All Nations Sunday. Hope this helped you. Hope this will inspire you. I know this food to go get a hold of, so we're going to take care of that. We're going to pray together, and then we're going to pray over the food so you can just go up to the gymnasium, get in line, and get your food, and sit down and have a time of fellowship. Let's have a great time together. Beautiful day outside, not too hot, just a perfect day to hang out for a while. So let's pray together right quick. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us today are the God of all nations, that we've got a part, Lord, in this kingdom work. We've got to go into the harvest fields for they're ripe and ready. Let us reach souls for the kingdom of God. Lord, help us to remember to keep on, keep to keep working for the greatest revival is yet to come. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, bless them this week. Help them in school. Help them on their jobs. Help them in whatever situation they might have. And bless the food that's been prepared today. And bless all those that gave and helped and prepared to make it happen. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Thank you for being here.